Well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for uh, the chance to gather uh, together as your body here today. Thank you that we get to then scatter into the many nooks and crannies of our lives, the places where we live, the places where we work, the places where we play. Lord, we've been, we've been looking, we've been journeying, we've been walking at what it looks like to, to be a citizen in the kingdom. To live in such a way that people see you in us. Lord, we, we are at times, at many times, Pour mirrors, pour windows into your life. So forgive us. Forgive us of running after other things, desiring other ways of living, desiring other easier ways to walk this planet. Because, Lord, your kingdom costs. It's at times strange, and all the time it goes against our flesh, what we desire, and the way of the empire. It's hard, Lord, to, to hear things like love and pray for your enemies when we want our enemies to suffer. It's hard to hear turn the other cheek when we'd rather ball our hand up and hit back. It's hard to hear, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. We need your spirit because without your Holy Spirit, it's impossible. And so, Lord, may we not hear our, our, this message as like another thing to do and even worse, another thing to fail at. But help us to hear it as an invitation into a, into a new way of being human. A way of being like you, Jesus, who, who showed us what it was like, what it is like to be fully human. And that you call us into this life in things that you, you have walked out, that you have done. It's not like you tell us to do something that you weren't willing to do yourself. And so, Lord, I pray that you show us how to faithfully walk as a citizen in your kingdom. We pray in your name. Amen. So we've been journeying together over the last several, several weeks. And believe it or not, we have several more to go in this series. In fact, when all is said and done, we're looking at 19 weeks in what it looks like to be a citizen in the kingdom of God. And we've been walking week in and week out at looking at what I believe is the best place to say, okay, 
what does it like, what does it mean, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus in the way of the kingdom? And that is the Sermon on the Mount. And so we've been through through chapter 5, and now we are walking into the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, into chapter 6. And we've been looking at these, these, uh, these three things that Jesus says. This is what it means to practice righteousness in the way of the kingdom. Um, and so we, they were looking at three spiritual disciplines. Jesus picks three spiritual disciplines that in the first century... To practice righteousness, right living, these are the three things that you did as a good Jewish person. Prayer, or sorry, it was giving, and specifically almsgiving, or giving to the poor. It was prayer, and today, everyone's favorite spiritual discipline that we do week in and week out, right? We fast, right? That's normal. I mean, don't we, don't we fast a lot? I fasted yesterday from dinner because I'm so spiritual. No, it was because I was running from one gate to the other gate to get on my plane. That's why I missed dinner. It wasn't, had anything to do with that I was denying my flesh and being super spiritual. Just, I didn't have time to get dinner. So we're not talking that kind of fasting. In fact, actually, what I just did is exactly the opposite of what Jesus is going to talk to us about. Fasting. And so in the middle of this, of this sermon, he's saying this is what it means to practice righteousness in the way of the kingdom. And so, so two weeks ago, when I was stuck in the Charlotte airport, sleeping on the hard floor, and I called my lovely wife and said, guess what, you're on, because I'm going to be stuck overnight. <laughs> we talked about this idea of giving. What does it look like to live in such a way that your right hand doesn't even know that your left hand is giving, or it's, maybe it's the other way around. And what is the results of giving and God's heart for his people to be people who are fully generous? And then last week, we looked at Matthew 6, 5 to 15, and we talked about how prayer, how Jesus wants us to practice prayer. He, held, he holds up, do not practice prayer like the hypocrites. Do not practice prayer like the pagans. And then shows us what it looks like as a citizen in God's kingdom to practice prayer. What does it look like to practice prayer in a kingdom way? And we talked about kingdom prayer through the lens of the Sermon on the, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer. And how each part of that prayer should be a, a, a way of we of engaging with God himself as father and, and desiring his way here on earth as it is in heaven. All those things. Model the way we pray as kingdom citizens. And today we're, we're talking about the last spiritual practice that he covers, fasting. And what... what how people practice fasting in the first century, what he, he labels hypocrites, and then saying, don't be like them. Here's how you should, as a citizen, practice this way of, of, of um, righteousness, of right living. And so we're looking at Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 
16 to 18. And he says this. When you fast, do not look, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So all of these, the last, all these uh, spiritual disciplines that he's laying out, he has this almost standard way. Here's how it's practiced in certain circles. Here's what it looks like to be practicing it as a kingdom citizen. Now notice, just like giving and prayer, he says, when you fast. Because he said, when you give, when you pray, and here it's when you fast. It's not if you give, if you pray, if you fast. He assumes in that day, in that age, of that time, to practice righteousness, those three things were obviously practiced. And he says, as my disciple, you will practice these things. And so he's not critiquing the actual practice of fasting. He, it's not like he said, you heard it said, you should fast. I say, don't fast. He doesn't say that. He says, as you fast, and what he's trying to do, as so much of the cases we've been talking about, is he's trying to go deeper than just the surface act and get to the heart of the matter. Why are you doing these things? Why do you pray? Why do you give? Why do you fast? What are the motivating factors? Religious leaders of the day were all about the external. I want to look a certain way. I want to get at certain things. And Jesus says, no, no. It's about the heart. To go inward, to look at why and the various reasons why people do what they do. And so here Jesus is trying to get at the, tech, at the, at the goal and the reason to practice these things of righteousness. And so he, he, just like in giving and just like in prayer, he contrasts two ways of fasting. He contrasts the hypocrite with a kingdom citizen. And in the first verse we read is about do not be like the hypocrite. Now the word hypocrite is the word for like play actor. Or one who puts on a face or a mask. A facade. Good word. And so this play actor, this person who plays a certain role, all the while internally, it's not really who they are. I mean, that's what hypocrite means, right? It's like my internal and my external don't match up. So, so, according to Jesus, the hypocritical way of practicing fasting was to disfigure your face, to, to um, 
show that you were fasting. Oh, man, I'm so hungry. Why? I'm fasting. But, that, but it was more than that. It was actually the common practice in that day to advertise that you were fasting. Now, I'm sorry, ladies. This was a male way of practicing this. It was to let your hair be unkempt and let your beard get tangled. And to look and disfigure yourself, to draw attention to your unkempt appearance. So that it would draw attention to how spiritual you were. Oh, you could have people's admiration. Wow, that person it must be the most spiritual person ever. I want to be like them. Because they're fasting. They're, they're a model of righteousness. Their motivation to fast was to draw attention to themselves. To be seen by others. To be validated by others. To get their worth and being from what others think of themselves. Think of them. To be approved by others. Instead of practicing fasting to grow in your relationship with God. To deny yourself. To, to fight the flesh so that you could walk more closely in, in harmony with God and to say, I am fully dependent upon him. This senior pastor, David Luz, in, in a, he's a pastor in Minneapolis. He says, notice nowhere in the text does it say that it's wrong to want to be seen, to matter, to be noticed, and to be counted as worthy. I mean, right, don't we all want those things? Don't you want to be noticed? Don't you want to be seen as worthy? That's not necessarily wrong. But where are you getting that from? He goes, he says this, Rather, Jesus urges us to place our trust and confidence in God, the one who is not impressed by outward shows of piety, but sees, weighs, and notices even the secret places of the heart. And so the hypocrites... They disfigure their faces. They let their beards get untempt. Their hair gets tangled. They draw attention to themselves. Do you notice what their reward be? What their end goal will be? It will be they will be rewarded, which is interesting, because you're like, wait, what? How how are they getting rewarded? That's not fair. But what do they get rewarded with? People's praises. People's admiration. People lifting them up and saying, what a model. But don't we know that God looks farther than the external? 1 Samuel 16, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Hypocrites say, I'm practicing this fasting to bring praise to myself. But God sees the original motive right through the external. And so these hypocrites, they, they practice their fasting to draw attention to themselves, to gain their worth, identity, and validity from others. If that's the case, then how does 
Jesus one a kingdom citizen, one who follows him in the way of the kingdom, to practice fasting. Again, we said, yes, you will practice fasting. This is a valid way of growing in relationship with Jesus. In verses 17 18, but when you fast, again, when you fast, put, on oil, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. A kingdom citizen practices fasting not in a way that draws attention to themselves. <coughs> A, a kingdom citizen practices fasting in much of the same way that Jesus practices fasting. A kingdom citizen takes our cue from the way of Jesus and the kingdom. Jesus defines our life, our practice, our way of being in this world. But so then how did Jesus practice fasting? According to the Gospels, when Jesus prays and fasts, alone in secret, look at Matthew 4, Mark 14, his prayer and fasting become channels through which he comes closer to his Father. Prayer and fasting align his will with the Father's will, says Stephen Holkren, who's a lecturer at the Australian Lutheran Seminary. And then he continues. They can do the same for us. Fasting or abstention, not just from food, but from any of our desires, reminds us of our complete dependence upon God. Fasting and self-denial can purge us of desires that are not aligned with God's will. So kingdom citizens practice fasting to have our will align with his and confront those things that are not his desires for us. Both and. When we practice as kingdom citizens this practice of fasting, our eyes turn to the king. Our eyes are not on someone or something else, but only upon him. We realize that our worth, our validity, our identity shouldn't be drawn from other people, but from the king of the kingdom. The first, the point of this spirit, of any spiritual discipline, is to be in communion with God, right? To walk closer and connect deeper with Jesus. But then, as I was saying, the second part is that our hearts and our will begin to align with his heart and his will. In fact, I've said it a lot of times, is that to, to practice living in the kingdom and the way of the kingdom, we want our hearts to start beating in the, in the rhythm of God, the rhythm of Jesus. What would it be like so close? What would it be like to be so close to someone that somehow your rhythms get, your, your, your heart rhythm get in sync? I mean, I don't even, I'm not sure that's possible in reality. Um, but what would it be like if we walked so close to Jesus that his heartbeat and our heartbeat become in line? And then the things that break his heart begin to break ours. Because when we practice spiritual discipline, 
This is what happens. Slowly, gradually, over time, with fits and starts. Ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. Our heart beats. Sometimes it skips a beat. Ba-da-da-dum. Then we get out of sync. And then the more we practice, we get more in sync. But think about it. If our heart begins to beat in his rhythm and we begin to look with his eyes to see the world, we begin to look at the brokenness around us. And we begin to have our hearts break. That's a dang- Don't pray this prayer if you don't want to be messed up. Lord, break my heart with the things that break yours. Because then he'll open your eyes and see that. And nothing breaks the heart of God more than oppression, violence, injustice, and the lack of shalom in the world. And nothing breaks his heart more than when those who call ourselves fathers of him are the agents of oppression, violence, destruction, injustice, the breaking of shalom in the world. All too often, if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that followers of Jesus have not always been a force for good in the world, but a force of evil. If our fasting is only about us growing in our relationship with Jesus and not into the way of his kingdom and to work against injustice and violence and oppression, we are not doing it in the way of the kingdom. Isaiah 58, 3-12. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Do you see that? We have not, you, you have not seen. Because they want, they want something. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing light will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will be, go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointed finger of malicious talk, and if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repair of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. <coughs> What if 
What if kingdom citizens practice their fasting? Not just so that they get closer to Jesus, but they practice fasting to get his heart for the poor, the needy, the oppressed, those who, who are on the receiving end of violence. What if we practice our fasting in such a way that we begin to be repairers of broken walls and restorers of streets with dwellings? It's not just to practice it for our own selves. It's for others. We practice it for the sake of others. Because when you begin to practice this discipline in the way of of being a citizen of the kingdom, God opens your heart. And it opens your heart to be broke. If you want to love something, be prepared to have your heart broken. If you don't want to love, close it off. (coughs) But according to Isaiah 58... That's God's heart for people who fast. Don't just practice fasting and then oppress people. The kind of fasting that God approves as citizens is to work for the flourishing of all people. Period. All people. Don't say all people, but not those. Like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you agree with them or don't like them, or those people, or fill in the blank. It's all people, all people's flourishing. So Jesus, he says, when kingdom citizens practice their fasting, they don't draw attention to themselves. They do the fasting in secret. They, they get up every morning and do the very same thing as they would do when they're not fasting. They put oil on their head and they wash their face. Now, I'm not sure how many people put oil on your hair in the morning. But go like your routine and go like every day. Wash your face, take a shower, and then go into your day. No one will know. Because kingdom citizens also realize that's between them and God. Kingdom citizens practice their fasting because they are seen by God. Kingdom citizens practice fasting because they are noticed by God. Kingdom citizens practice fasting because God accords us divine attention and says that we are worthy of his concern and care. Kingdom citizens don't practice fasting to gain God's approval. Because you already have it. We don't have to practice fasting. God doesn't say, you have to. Get to. God is the God who sees. Which is such a beautiful thing. God is a God who sees. So my challenge to you this week my homework, if you will. Like, great, I went to church and I got homework? What is this? 
If you're physically able, take one time this week and don't eat. And take that time to pray. Pray for needs. Pray for those who are facing oppression and violence. Take time to fast and work for peace and shalom. Can you imagine? Like, because a lot of times they'll say, give up food and then like pray. And I'm saying, yes. But what if you took an hour and said, I'm going to also not eat, but I'm also going to work on X, Y, or Z. That is for the flourishing of all people. Because that is a prayer. What if instead, also too, what if you, what if you can't? What if like physically you're just not able to, maybe you fast from something that takes up your time, your attention, your worry, your, your like, all your mental energy. Hey, hey, boss, my pastor said that I can fast from work today. That's not what I'm saying. Spend the time fasting to connect with Jesus and his heart for people. Fast not to try to win people's approval. Fast not to win God's approval. Fast not to... Try to um, get something out of people. But fast to connect with God. Fast to connect with his heart rhythm. And fast so that your heart begins to break with the things that break his heart.